Timothy Guy was an 18-year-old from Forsyth County, Georgia. He was a friendly kid who loved animals. On Friday, February 6, 1987, Timothy allegedly got picked up from his job. The next Monday, Timothy didn't show back up for work. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. country boy. Yes, it's true. Don't laugh. Don't let this long hair and these Iron Maiden shirts and my prior life in Las Vegas fool you. I grew up in the hills of Pennsylvania. Leechburg, to be exact. There was a pasture with real cows in it 300 feet from my bedroom window. And as a little kid, I would go over to the fence and talk to them. Later, it became a huge cornfield where I stole corn to shuck and use the kernels to throw at houses around Halloween. I've shoveled manure, lots of it, for my grandfather's extensive garden. And even though I haven't cut a blade of grass since 1997, I've still spent more time on a riding lawnmower than most people. Do I miss it? Nope, not one bit. Give me concrete, steel, and city lights over all of that. Although I still love cows. In contrast, Timothy Guy would have been a country boy his entire life. Just give him some horses to ride and train and clean, and that was all he needed. And he got a job doing just that. Then Tim allegedly left his dream job on Friday like he usually did. But he didn't return the next Monday. And we're left to wonder if something happened elsewhere or down on the farm. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Good's website, charlieproject.org. Timothy Guy grew up in a large family with many siblings. He had a learning disability which slowed his schoolwork. But anyone who knew him realized nothing would hold Tim back from pursuing his passion, caring for animals, especially horses. And Tim got his first job caring for them, working right down the street from his parents' house. His supervisor then let Tim know of a similar job with better pay. But it was far from his home, and he'd have to stay there during the week. But that's what Tim did, starting work at Sleepy Fox Farm in October 1986. But then something went wrong, an issue Tim didn't want to talk about with his parents or anyone else. And Tim decided to spend December 1986 at home. However, out of nowhere, Tim went back to the farm in January 1987. And as far as everyone knew... Everything was fine. So on February 6, 1987, a Friday, the usual plan would have been for Tim to go home for the weekend, with his father Warren picking him up. However, there was a horse show that weekend, and Tim's father believed Tim would be going to that show, and thus not coming home. On Monday, February 9th, Tim's supervisor Phil Klinger called Warren, saying Tim didn't show up for work. Phil went on to say that a guy named Jeff, who was driving an old Impala, had picked Tim up the previous Friday. Tim's father knew nothing about any of this. Tim was never seen again. 
This Jeff has never been tracked down, and 32 years have passed. We at Unfound believe disappearances involving children and the mentally challenged to be some of the most serious we cover. Why? Because bad people use these groups' innocence and trusting nature against them. So please listen closely and think about the answers to these questions. Number one, why wouldn't Tim exactly say what happened at the farm when he decided to not go back in December 1986? Number two, why is it that stories differed as to who picked Tim up February 6th, 1987? And number three, what are we to make of a recent message sent from Phil Klinger's daughter to a blogger in regards to this case? Tim's family is very convinced foul play happened, yet even they are not exactly sure of the motive. The guest for this episode is Tim's father, Warren Guy. Unfound News We've gained many new listeners due to the Steve Pankey interview a couple weeks ago. With that attention has come new questions and, uh, complaints about the audio. Yes, the way the audio is recorded has changed due to Google's desire to make it impossible to use Android phones to record phone calls. However, I have found a workaround. But for all of you, this is something important to remember. If you are not using Podomatic, Spotify, Stitcher, or iTunes to gain access to this program, you are using an application that is not an authorized distributor of Unfound. As such, I have no control over the quality of what you receive. So please, if you are not using one of those four, please consider changing now. Next, work on the next Unfound book is about to begin. It will be Volume 2 of Season 2. What it also means is I'm going to start looking for transcribers again. I'm sure I will use people who have already transcribed in the past, but I'll be looking for new people too. And yes, I still have all the emails from the people who've contacted me inquiring how they can be involved in the process of bringing these books to life. I promise to respond to all of you eventually. And finally, another weekend has passed, another disc golf tournament and another three rounds of me playing fairly well. My head is in a good place on the course, and this is certainly going to mean my scores will be getting better. I'm playing in Ocala this weekend, and I'm going there to win. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, and Facebook. On Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us on YouTube for the Unfound live show. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast. This week, I need to thank Ruth. You can also contribute at PayPal, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. That is also the email address. Merchandise, the books at amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Do not forget the reviews. Shirts at unfound-podcast.myshopify.com. Cards at makeplayingcards.com forward slash sell forward slash unfound podcast and please mention unfound at all true crime websites and forums thank you i'm so happy to have on this episode of unfound the father of tim guy warren guy warren welcome to unfound thanks sir appreciate it you're very welcome warren let's uh start here uh as we usually do on the program 
Let's talk about uh, Tim and the rest of the children uh, that you may have. How many kids do you have, Warren? Well, I've got uh, seven in all. Seven? Wow. Yeah, my two stepchildren, but they, I claim them because we raised them all. Uh-huh. Okay. And in so how many boys, how many girls? Six boys, one girl. Wow. Okay. Well, she she got a little outnumbered there. Okay. Uh, and and in all of that, where did Tim fall in the age group of all of these kids? In the middle, believe it or not. Right in right in the middle. Okay. So he was number four, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And would you say that? Um, how would you compare Tim? You know, as a young kid, young boy into being a teenager, how would you compare him to your other kids? Was he like the most outgoing, the shyest? How how would you explain it? No, he was he was he was outgoing. He was he liked a lot of attention. Did he? And uh, yeah, he did. And but he get along with anybody. He, he never met a stranger. He's just, just a kind-hearted person. Kind-hearted person. Okay. And, um, of course, I grew up in the 80s, and I would have been very close to his age uh, at the time that he disappeared. What was he into back at the time in the 80s? Was he into sports, or, you know, was he into hunting? What was he into? He go fishing. Yeah? Mostly. When he was younger, you know. Yeah? When he got up into teenagers, he went over to a horse farm not far from here, and he worked over there just mm-hmm. ride the horses. He liked horses, huh? Oh yeah. Uh, when, do, yeah. When do you when do you remember personally? Um, you know, what age did he start getting into that? Get it, you know, being interested in horses and maybe taking care of them, riding them, etc. I say about fifteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how did you feel about that? Well, I'm fine. I, if he enjoyed it, you know, I. I, I didn't mind him doing it. He just kind of worked for nothing, you know, just to get ride the horse for a couple of hours. Okay. It was fine. I, just, I thought it was good for him, really. Okay. And I do understand that, you know, and the listeners, of course, understand that you and I have talked a couple times before we're doing this interview. That Did Tim have some sort of, was he like a slow learner, some sort of learning disability or something like that? How would you explain that? To me, he didn't, but I was around him all my life, but, you know, they put him in a special ed in school. Uh-huh. But as far as being smart, they said, hey, he, he helped me on carpentry work. He, he's good at that. He had my brother, Ruthen, he's good at that. Mm-hmm. He, he's smart. He's smart as a whip, really. He just didn't like the school work. Didn't like, okay, so it might have been a school thing, not necessarily an intelligence thing. No, just, he just didn't like school. Just didn't like school. Okay. I mean, All right. Like a lot of kids. I had a little learning disability, but I wouldn't notice it because I was mad him all the time. Right. Somebody else could have, but he's just a sweet boy, you know. Uh-huh. So I guess what you're saying is if I would have met him back at the time, there's no way I would have been able to tell that, you know, that if he if he even did have some, I would I would have just thought that he was a guy with a decent IQ. Yeah. Okay. All right. But he, but still, he was in these special classes in school. You know, going through junior high school, high school. Well, yeah. Till, 
they they considered them hypers when it was. Okay. And his teachers, they they talk about how nice he was. He did mm-hmm. open the doors for him. Open yeah. open for the whole class to go in. Uh huh. Okay. Did he graduate? I mean, I realize he was just eighteen when he disappeared. Did he graduate from high school, or was he in the no, process? They let him out of school. When he was, I think six. When he was sixteen. Yeah. You, what, how do you mean? Let him out? What does what does that mean to the rest of us? Well, I just thought he uh, wouldn't learn no more. I guess. Okay. He just wasn't interested in school. Okay. All right. So he did not have a high school diploma at the time of his disappearance. No, I did. Okay. Now, would you say that when he was let out? At, I'm going to guess being that he was 18 when he disappeared in '87. So he. Got let out maybe in 1985, something like that. Did he then devote all his time to working with these horses? What else did he do now that he wasn't going to school? Well, he worked with me some. And he, like I say, worked on this little farm right below the house farm. Mm-hmm. He worked with my brother some briefing. Okay. Just, but he worked, he liked, when he went down to the down Lester, had a horse farm right about a half mile from the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'd go down and work for him. You know, just so he could ride a horse or something. Right, right. And what was and this is uh this is the first this would be the first horse farm he worked at. Yeah. Okay. And what was the guy's name who who ran that farm that was very close to where you lived? It was Don Lester. Don Lester. Okay. Did you know him very well? Had you known him for a long time, or? I I known him. I did not personally uh, a lot, but I've mm. met him a few times. Yeah. Okay. So you you were fine. You said he wasn't getting paid though. He was just kind of down there, um, yeah. volunteering, something like that. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Did he get to ride the horses and everything while they were while he was down there? Yeah. Yeah. He he, he taught him how to ride. He could ride horses good. Okay. And and what were the horses down there used for? Was this a racing farm, or were they work horses, or what were they? They just boarded horses down there. Just took care of them. Yeah. Just. You know, people take more about the board the horses. Okay. So are you saying it's like a variety of horses? I'm I'm not much into horses, but I know thoroughbreds. I know uh, just, just, just quarter horses. People, just people's horses that they want. Didn't have no place to keep them, but keep them there just like a, okay. like a dog place, you know. Okay. And okay, and Tim Tim liked working down there, I guess, huh? Yeah. Okay. And how long did he? How long did he? I guess he worked there, but volunteered there. He wasn't getting paid. How long was he there before he moved to the to Sleepy Fox Farm? How how long? Uh, I'd say a year, a year. I guess about a year, or maybe a little more. A little more than a year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so that whole time, though, he was living with you. You yeah. you at home? Maybe you have other children who were also living at home at the time. Yeah. Okay. And w- and what were you? And what was your job at the at the time? What were you, what were you doing? Uh, tram carpenter. Trained carpenter. All right. Trim. Trim carpenter. Trim yeah. carpenter. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Trim trim carpenter. Okay. And so you'd get to see him pretty much every day, you know, and come yeah. home or everything. Okay. Yeah. All right. How how would you say your and Tim's relationship was, you know, in his teenage years? Pretty good? Oh, yeah. Close? It's wonderful. Okay. All of them were, really. All, all of your kids. That's good to hear. Okay. 
So he's working there, and then I, I do have to ask this. You know, uh, did he have any problems at this time? Once again, before he went to Sleepy Fox Farm, did he ever have any problems with the law? Did he have any problems with drugs, any addictions, anything like that that you knew of? I, I never, I never seen him smoke a cigarette. Okay. All right. They didn't, didn't do drugs, no. Okay. So. Yeah, he didn't. Okay. So now let's talk about the the Sleepy Fox Farm. Uh, this is a place that, uh, my understanding in my notes, he didn't start working there to approximately October of two thousand, or I'm sorry, uh, October of nineteen eighty six. And so he worked there, uh, and we're going to get into the specifics of that. But how did it come about that he ended up going there in the first place? Well, see, Don, the fellow he worked for down here, you know, he let him work just to ride the horses. But Don couldn't pay him. He said, I know some people up here. You should go up there and work on their farm, and they'll pay you. You know, you should make, make you some money. Yeah. Okay. Because it's cleaning out stables is what he done. So Don ended up there. Okay. How did you, when you heard, and now this Sleepy Fox Farm, how far was it from where you were living? It's, I'd say, 25 miles. Wow. How did you feel about that? Him, him going to work at this place 25 miles away. Well, it's, it's all right. He, he saw home just about every day. He saw my wife every, every day when she come home. Okay, so this was a situation. Please. He come home most weekends. He come home. Okay. But not every weekend, but most of them. So this was a situation where he would stay there for the week. Yeah. Did they have like a... Uh, a bedroom for him? What, what was the sleeping arrangement at this place? Well, there's a, he's a trailer behind the house. Okay. Okay. He was staying at a trailer. Yeah. Now, did Tim have a driver's license? Could he drive a car? Or, or how would he get there and back for these weekends? I'd take him or one of his brothers would. Mm-hmm. Okay. He didn't have a driver's license, no. Right. Okay. So... This uh, the the previous boss or this boss like in 1986 uh, says you know what um, there's this place that needs somebody why doesn't Tim go work there Tim says he's going to go do that you're fine with you know driving and picking him up you know on the weekend so he could come home maybe bring some clothes home to wash or something like that and um, how did you think uh, did you get to meet anybody? There at the farm, like the first time you drove him over there, did you talk to anybody there, or did yeah, you kind of just, just jump him off, drop him off? Yeah, I met Phil and his wife both. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she had his little brother. I can't remember his name. Okay. And how many people? What was your impression of how many people were working, or at least even living at that farm, the Sleepy Fox Farm? How many people do you think were there? I just. Phil, Daddy, Don. Of course, Don was too young to be working on the farm. Mm-hmm. He wasn't about 13 or 14. Okay. And, uh, Dave Stewart and his wife, Sally Stewart. They were all family. Okay. See, Sally was uh, Phil's daughter and Dave Stewart was her husband. Okay. And did Dave have any kids that were on the farm premises? Or not? No, I don't think they had any no. kids. Not at that okay. time. Okay. I, I really never, I don't I really think I ever met Dave, to tell you the truth. Okay. 
So there were some adults there and at least one child there, uh, Dawn, and we're going to talk about Phil and Dawn uh, a little later in the conversation for sure, of course. So there were some people there, but were the owners uh, – did the owners live on the premises? Did they live around there or, or who – where did they live in, in relation to the farm? In, I'm sorry. I heard they lived in Florida. I'm not – Okay. One percent sure. Okay. All right, and to this day, have you ever met any of these people who owned Sleepy Fox Farm? I've never met any of them. Okay. And we'll talk about them a little later. Um, had you personally I, – I, I'm guessing maybe Tim was more into the horse business than you were. Had you personally as an adult ever heard of the Sleepy Fox Farm before Tim started working there? No, I hadn't. No. Okay. Okay, and would you say that Sleepy Fox Farm was – uh, kind of the same place like where Tim was working, Sleepy Fox took care of people's horses that send them there and they take care of them or what? Yeah, yeah they bought his horses there. Okay. They did have a horse ring, riding ring out there. They, they'd have a horse show sometimes. Okay. So they just feed the horses, make sure they got their exercise. If, you know, if there's anything, any sicknesses or anything, they'd make sure that, that you know, they got a veterinarian there or something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. And what was the way you understand it? What was what were Tim's what was Tim's job going to be there? Well, he cleaned the stables plus he uh, ride the horses. You know, to keep your exercise. Mm-hmm. Okay. And were there, to your knowledge, were there any other? Was there any other what I would call hired help? Anybody other young people or older people? You know, working there during the week and then leaving on the weekends, or did it seem to you that Tim was the only person who was going in and out like he was? Tim's the only one. Only one. Only one. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Tim starts working there, and are, are we right? October 1986. Yeah. Yes, October. Okay. Probably the latter part of that October. Okay. And so you drop him off for that first time. He's there a week. Uh, you said that he would call you. Um, how did it seem to you, at least early on, how he was doing at uh, the shady uh, Sleepy Fox Farm? How was he doing there? He seemed to be doing fine. He was liking it. Yeah, he liked it. All right, no complaints, any problems. Did he uh, ever say maybe that Phil, his boss that we've already mentioned, was giving him a hard time? Did he mention Dave, anybody, or, or it just seemed pretty good to you? It seemed pretty good to, to close to December. Okay. All right, so he's working there. He's getting paid. You're picking him up on the weekends. Um, was he – in retrospect was – you know, because you know, I've learned enough about disappearances that sometimes kids tell their, you know, their brothers and sisters more than they tell their parents. You know, because yeah. you know, some things you just don't want to talk to your parents about. In retrospect, after Tim disappeared, uh, did any of your other children come to you and say, "You know what, Dad? Um, Tim to told me this about those early days of working at the farm." Anything like that? Any complaints that you found it afterwards? Afterwards, Stacy told me about him taking. He took Tim up there one morning, and uh, they pulled a gun on him. Somebody. Out in that stables, did. Wow. Jim said, This is my brother. Huh. You know, so they left him alone. All right, but, but this uh, son's name is Stacy. It's a, a boy, Stacy? Yeah. Okay. But 
he didn't tell you this until after Tim disappeared? Nah, he didn't tell me that before. Huh. Did he ever give you any reason that he didn't tell you? He just didn't want you to worry? What do you think his reasoning was? That's probably what it was. Okay. Okay. So Tim's working there, um, seemingly in, in, in good standing, getting paid, doing what he uh, liked to do, riding, cleaning, uh, just being around the horses, staying in this trailer. Seems like a pretty good situation, you know, especially if he's into that. I'm not so much into horses, but if he is. Um, but then what happened? Uh, we go through November. Uh, was he at your place for Thanksgiving, or did was he? Did he stay at? Do you even remember that? Did he stay at the at the farm? I believe he did come home for Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when was the first time that you maybe started thinking that maybe things weren't going so well at the farm? Well, Tim stayed home home the whole month of December. Okay, and and why was that? Did he ever give you a reason? So- yeah, he did. That's what I was trying to think. He called and he said, Tim, we better come up and get Tim because he said, I'm going to kill a little SOB if you don't. I was at work and my wife told me when I got home, so I got a He said, Tim said, she told my wife, said, don't come in the house, just drive up and I'll walk out to the car. So I got in the, got the low wrench and uh-huh. his crowbar is what I got. And I uh, drove up there, and Tim walked out the car. And on the way home, he said, I said, what's going on, Tim? He said, well, he said, Phil was mad that his daughter's trying to take it out on me, his kids. Okay. So how many, uh, so we talked about Dawn. How many kids did Phil have on the premises of the farm? Three. Three. All right, so besides Dawn. All right, so there were these kids of Phil's. And so when you get there, of course, uh, like Phil calls you, he says something's going on, calls Tim and SOB, you go up there, and do you even talk to Phil when you get there in December of 86? Now, now Tim said, don't come in the house, I'll come meet you in the yard. Okay. All right. And you, and you did that, and he came out. And Tim's explanation was that... He was having a problem with Phil's kids, and Phil was taking it out on Tim, blaming it on Tim. Yeah, he said Phil was having a problem with his kids, mm-hmm. taking it out on him. Okay. Um, when you eventually got home, like you said, it's 20-some miles uh, from the farm. When you got home, did you call back to the farm You know, you're, and, and ask, you know, talk to Phil about this? Did you ever talk to uh, Phil about any of this? I didn't talk to him about his all. At all? Okay. Okay. Now, when you I'm sorry. That's all. going back. Okay. So when you brought what you're saying is when uh, you brought Tim home, you were kind of thinking that he wouldn't be going back to that farm. That's what you were thinking. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, did during or so he, uh, he so Tim what's he, what does he do for the month of December of eighty six Does he try to find another job? Is he just hanging out? What's he doing? I just hanging out with the rest of the kids here. Tim was married. Tim got married, but okay. Now he just hung out here and he go visit his grandmother and come back here. Okay. Uh, Christmas lunch. Okay. Uh, I I just have to ask, as his parent, 
and I think my dad might be this might have been the same way. Did you not maybe say to him, "Hey Tim, if you're not going to be working the farm, maybe you should think about getting another job"? Or I mean, did you maybe give him a, give him at least a little hard time about maybe doing something, or you know, going back to school or something, or what? Uh, I didn't think about going back to school, but I don't think he would have done that. Okay. I guess I'm just asking, being that he was 18 years old, et cetera, that um, did you think that eventually he would start looking for another job, or do you think that yeah. you were going to have to give him a little push? Well, I think that's when he did go up there and work for my brother for about, a, I guess, several weeks. Okay. Uh, okay. So we go through, so maybe he does do that. So, But you're thinking the last thing he's going to do is go back and work at the Sleepy Fox Farm. So we go through no, December. We get into early 1987. And once again, at, at any point during that month, let's say from early December to early January, does anybody, to your knowledge, from the farm call looking for Tim or to talk to Tim, whether it's Phil or Dave or Don, the daughter, anybody? Did any, does anybody call looking for Tim at all? In the month of December? Yes. Not that I, not that I know of. Not that you know of. Okay. All right. So he kind of just does his own thing uh, for the month of December. Uh, into January of uh, 1987. And during that month, does Tim ever maybe even more open up about what went on at the farm that Phil was so ticked off. Does he ever, you know, elaborate on it anymore? No, not to me, he didn't. Okay. So as far as you're concerned, the Sleepy Fox Farm topic just was never brought up at all. That's right. Okay. All right. So we get into January of uh, 1987, and – the way you explained it to me, and it, I think the, the uh, listeners now that they've heard so you know so far in this interview um, are going to be surprised by this. But Tim, out of the blue, goes back to Sleepy Fox Farm. Could you please explain um, what you remember about that day when you found out about that? Well, I was at work, but my wife told me when we got home. She said she told him not to go back, but he said, "Ah, they all right." He said. But I, I think he's seen they need, they need more than reading. They try to get him back up there. That's, that's what I thought. Don't think. Well, let's let's not think. That's just I just want you to tell me what you remember about that. Did uh, so you come home from work? Your wife tells you that um, that Tim went back to Sleepy Fox Farm. You had to be pretty stunned. Yeah, I didn't didn't know what to say. Okay. Um, how did that come about? Did did Tim call them? Did Phil call the house? How did that all happen? Uh, that I don't know. Um, like I say, I was at work. Well, uh, was your maybe your wife there? Was one of your other kids there to maybe explain to you? They never explained to you how that happened. My wife was here. The only one I know would be well, the other kids probably here too. But okay. So, all right. So. All right, so, uh, so it, even 32 years later, you're not sure if Tim called Sleepy Fox Farm saying, hey, can I come back, or Phil called the house saying, hey, kid, why don't you come back? You, you don't know to this day. I'm not, I'm not sure. All right. Who drove him back up to the Sleepy Fox Farm? 
I'm not sure of that. You're not sure of that either? Uh, okay. Did nobody... Okay. One okay, so back in 1987, January 87, when you found out that he went back, nobody in your family like volunteered to say, yeah, I'm the one that drove him back? Nobody did that? No. Okay. You didn't... Did you ask your kids of any of... I mean... Um, who who are the possible if if you can ask if I can ask what are the possibilities? Stacy would be the possibility. Stacy, okay, but Stacy never to this day has owned up to that. Well, no, not really. I didn't. I just assumed that he took him up there. Okay. I don't want him with the cars. Okay. And how much older is Stacy than Tim? He's, he's younger. One year younger. Oh, one year younger. One year younger. Okay, so he's Tim's younger brother. Possibly, we don't know for a fact. Possibly, drove uh, Tim back to the Sleepy Fox Farm. I'm guessing because Tim told him to. <clears throat> would this have been the circum? Would this have been the occasion when Stacy said he had a gun pulled on him? Yeah, I think that's when it was. Okay, for sure it was. Okay, so let me ask you this: when, um. When Tim was working there in October, November, into early December, were you the only person who ever drove and picked him up, or did anybody else in your family go and pick him up and drive? I think Stacy did a couple of times. Okay. Okay. So you find out Tim went back to work at the Sleepy Fox Farm. Uh, you're a little stunned by this, given what happened back in December. Uh, and we're still not sure how he made it back there. Uh, which is, I, I think, an interesting point. It, and did you go then pick him up at the the end of the week? You know, did you talk to him? Did you call the farm and get Tim on the phone and say, "Hey, Tim, you know, what are you doing?" Anything like that? Well, he's out here just about every day. Okay, and but, he, but I was usually at work. He talked to my wife. Mm-hmm. And at any time when he was talking to your wife, is is your wife, would this have been Tim's mother or his stepmother? Is it stepmother? Stepmother, okay. We still say Okay. Okay, great. That's great. Um, at any point, did Tim ever explain to her why he went back to the Sleepy Fox farm? No, I know her. Okay. All right. And you never asked him, hey, Tim, what's up? Just, just a misunderstanding uh, feeling, I guess. Well, let's not guess. I don't want you to guess. I just want you to tell me what Tim said. If he ever told you the reason that he went back to the farm. No, he didn't tell me the reason. I guess to make money. Okay. Okay. And so did things continue the way they were before where you would go pick him up at the end of the week for the weekend? Is that what continued into February of 87 or was it some different arrangement? I'd take him up maybe one one time. I think he might have picked him up another time. I don't know okay. exactly. Okay. And so you'd see him on the weekend after he came back from working at Sleepy Fox Farm again? Yeah, I seen him one weekend. Okay, and you know, once again, I, I, I have to ask these questions because the listeners, I'm sure, are going to – and I want to know them too. At no time when you saw him, for example, that weekend – did you say to him, hey, Tim, uh, I thought you were done at Sleepy Fox Farm after what happened back in December. What changed? You never had that conversation with him? No, because he seemed like he was okay. Okay. 
All right. So he's working there. Um, he did come home. He got him picked up. Uh, and so then we come to uh, Friday, February 6th, 1987. Um, is that a day that you – the way you remember it, is that a day that you would have been picking him up to take him home, or what? Well, I wouldn't know, because he, he came, he had to pay a traffic ticket in Pine Mountain to drive him without license. Okay, and we're going to talk about Right. Pine Lake, Georgia. I'm sorry, not Pine Mountain. Okay. But he said it was on Tuesday, and he came by. Okay, but he disappeared. Uh, but this Friday, though, I mean, the story, and we're gonna, you know, we just have to understand. You didn't know this at the time, but um, let me rephrase that. Um, let's put it this way: When did you find out that Tim was missing? Well, it was Monday. Monday. Yeah. Okay. That that Monday because Phil called said Tim hadn't showed up for work. I I thought he was up there because he came by here on Tuesday. But he said, but Tim did call me Wednesday. Okay. On that Wednesday after Tuesday, he he went back up there and he called me and he said, I want to tell you I love you. You know, that that was it. Okay. I love you too, Tim. That's the last time, last words I heard. All right, so what you're saying is you were of the understanding that for once Tim stayed the whole weekend at the Sleepy Fox Farm. Yeah, they, they did, especially if they had the whole show or something up there. Okay, okay. But it was then on Monday, February 9th, 1987, that Phil calls you and says, Hey, Tim, Tim never came back to work. Yeah. Okay. And... So I, I'm guessing you were a little surprised by that. Yeah, because he's supposed to ride an Arabian stallion on the horse show. And I, Tim wouldn't miss that for nothing. Okay. That's when I started you know, calling them. I called the police and they said you had to wait uh, okay. right. 48 hours, I believe, right. to file a missing person report, which I don't, I don't agree with yet. Okay. At that time that Phil called you on that Monday, did he ever say anything, and we'll get into this later, uh, did he ever say anything about Tim getting picked up by anybody? During that phone call, when he called you on February 9th, 1987, did he ever say? He said some fellow named Jeff come by and picked him up. Okay. He said that on that phone call on February 9th, 1987. Yeah, but uh, that was on, <coughs> I'm sorry, that was on Friday night, I'm sorry. Okay. Did you have, please? We went up there, I guess they saw Monday, we went up there, Monday afternoon. And he had all of his clothes bagged up in bags. And, and the morning said, you take them home with you. And he even had a check. He said, here's a check, Tim's check. He wanted, you know, for, his, for the old back week's pay. I said, I ain't taking that. That's Tim's. I said, I ain't taking his money. Mm-hmm. Like, like he knew he wasn't coming back. 
and Dottie had washed his clothes and uh, didn't go through his pants or nothing. And my wife did sign the bill in his pants pocket, but he said, Bill said that's a horse vitamin. So I know okay. That, you know. All right. Um, uh, t- uh, Phil calls you on Monday saying that Tim never came back to work. He tells you that this guy Jeff picked Tim up on Friday. Do you have any? When he says Jeff, do you have any idea who that might be? They, they never found a fellow named Jeff. I don't know a fellow named Jeff that would pick him up. Okay. And to your knowledge, nobody named Jeff had ever picked Tim up at the farm before. To your knowledge? Not to my knowledge. Okay. And what you like you said when you went up there once uh, Phil called you went up there and you're telling me that they had all of his clothes packed. Yeah, I mean the yard, black garbage uh, bagged up. Says his wife said she had washed them. Huh. And my wife went through the process and signed the bill and said you don't clean your process out before you wash the clothes. Uh huh. And Phil. And Phil, yeah. I know you said this before, but I want to ask you again. Uh, did you not ask them, why are you packing up? I, I realize that maybe Tim isn't here right at the second, but why are you packing up his clothes? He works here. Yeah, and, no, that's what I was trying about. It. I thought he'd be back. And what did they say? They didn't say nothing. They just said, if you don't take the check. You can have it. I said, I don't want to check. That's his, his money. Okay. But they had all his, they once again had all his clothes folded as if. They weren't folded. They just throwed in a black garbage bag. It wasn't folded. Okay. Just like they knew he wasn't going to be back. Okay. And so they tell you this, and um, there's this Jeff guy. And but this is once again this is one of those rare weekends where Tim didn't was not supposed to come home that weekend. Yeah, I guess so. So he he, he was off like uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. I guess I think me Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So you didn't. The reason you weren't concerned is because you didn't pick him up. weren't supposed to pick him up that previous Friday anyway. That's right. Okay. So at this point, Phil, you know, Phil's telling you that he got picked up by this Jeff guy. He doesn't come back to work. They have his clothes all picked up. What are you thinking at that point? Well, I, I didn't really like it. I didn't know what to think. So I was reading up called police as soon as I got back home. They said you had to wait 48 hours to file a missing person report. I think it's 48 or 60 or something like that. It's mm-hmm. 32 years ago. I can't remember. Okay. But, uh, it just seems strange to me that they, they, they want me to take his check and his clothes too. I agree with you. At any point when you saw Phil and his family on Monday, the clothes are there and the garbage bags, etc., did, did, did Phil ever expound or further explain who this guy Jeff was? Gave a last name, every, anything. He didn't know his last name. That's what it said. But see, Phil said he left on the 72 Impala. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dave Stewart said he left in the white pickup. So that was another mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah we're, right. And we're going to get – we will get into that, sure enough. But I just want to go one step at a time here, Warren, please. Uh, but he never 
Once again, he said Jeff, but he never – how did he even know Jeff? Did he ever explain how he even knew this guy, Jeff? No. He said just had a, about five foot ten muscular build, short, about ten, five ten. Mm-hmm. All he said, knew. He didn't know his last name. How did he even know Jeff? I don't even know that. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sure the listeners are going to be getting a pretty good idea that that story stinks. You know, that something smells about that, but okay. So the police don't want to take a report right away, but when you finally do talk to them, what goes on? Well, they go up there. Uh, I found a a missing person report in Gwinnett County, not knowing that the farm was in Forsyth, because when you go to Forsyth, go up there, there's no sign saying Forsyth County. Okay. Okay, so there was like a kind of a jurisdictional issue here? Yeah. Okay. What county ended up being responsible for Tim's disappearance? Forsyth. Forsyth County, where Sleepy Fox Farm was. Yeah. Okay. What, to your knowledge, uh, what did the, the police do? Did they... Go up there? Did they talk to Phil? Did they talk to his wife? Did they talk to Dave? Did they look around on the farm? What did they do? They didn't do nothing. Nothing? Nothing. I was up there talking to him. Vance Taylor said, I'll ride out there. It's already 4 o'clock. He's out riding around around the ranch, but by himself. They said, I'll ride out there and look around before I go home. But, Mm. you know, they shouldn't. Shouldn't do much searching in that time. Okay. But did they did they talk to Phil? Did they ask him, hey, you know, tell us more about this Jeff guy? Did Phil tell the police about this Jeff guy? Yeah, that's what – I don't know when he did, but they did. Okay. And to your knowledge, were the police ever able to track this particular Jeff down? They never found Jeff. Never? Never. Okay. And we have to also keep in mind that you said that uh, at some point Je- uh, t- uh, Phil mentioned this 72, 73, 74 Impala, which by that time would have been a car that's like 14 years old. I'm guessing it would stick out quite a bit. Yeah. And that ca- the car wasn't found either? Uh-huh. All right. Um, how long would you say that the police kind of – Worked on Tim's disappearance before they kind of just, uh, I'm going to just be on, you know, state it frankly, uh, let it go. You know, kind of just. I really got, when the GBI, I, I got them to get the GBI in on them. So, South County's done nothing. Okay. And the GBI didn't really do nothing either. Okay. I met them with the GBI and mm-hmm. they never, never went out there. I, it was seven and a half years later. I called. I called every day. GBI. They didn't laugh at me because I called every day. Anyway, Tommy Matthews was the one in charge, and I, I said, "He said, do you want to go out there and ride, ride out that with me? We'll go over the ranch, and, you know, walk it." And I said, "Yeah, I'd be glad to." Mm-hmm. That was seven and a half years later, I said, "Well, I don't know the way from." Cummins, uh, you get me to Peachtree Industrial, and I'll show you where the ranch is. So I we went to Peachtree Industrial, and I showed him, went down to Peachtree Industrial, showed him where the ranch was. He said, Warren, this is Gwinnett County. I said, there's no sign that says Forsyth County. 
Next week, I went up there, and there's a brand-new sign up there in Fife County. <laughs> they put up a sign finally? Yeah. Wow. There was a sign about a mile and a half on down the road that says Fife County. That was old Atlanta Road, so I thought that was the county line. Mm-hmm, of course. Old Atlanta Road runs parallel the other way. Okay. So what you're saying is the police were very confused, and their questioning and looking into this really didn't take them anywhere. Yeah. I mean, that's seven and a half years. He didn't know what a ranch was. GBI didn't know what a ranch was. That tells me how much they'd done. Mm-hmm. Okay. At any point, at any point, uh, let's move on to this next point. At any uh, time after Tim disappeared, did you have an opportunity uh you know, to track down the owners, my understanding is it was an Artie or Arthur Carp was the owner. K A R P. Yeah, yeah. I never got in touch with him. No. I, uh, I tried, but I couldn't. I never could find him. get in touch with him. Okay. Like I say, they didn't have all this fancy phone stuff back then. That is true. Unfortunately, that's true. And then we also know that uh, the Artie's son uh, was Bill, and I know that his name has appeared in one of the articles covering uh, Tim's disappearance. Bill Bill Carp. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. Do you kn- so you you never spoken to them? Do you know if the police ever spoke to them? I don't really know. They- okay. Do you think that back then or even to this day in 2019, do you believe that anybody in the Carp family even knows that Tim disappeared from a farm they owned? Do you think they even know? And I guess they do. Yeah, that, uh, they should. Well, Bob mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. article said that mm-hmm. he knew about it, but said nobody on the farm knew where Tim went. Okay. But Bob's deceased now, they said. Okay. Uh, I think his name's Bill. I think his name is Bill. There's Art. I think there's Artie, and I think the article, the name in the article is Bill Carp. I think. Oh, okay. uh, but but what you're saying though also is nobody in the Carp family has ever con- tried to contact you uh-uh. to ever offer up any sympathies, any condolences. We're sorry that your son, who was an employee at our farm, disappeared. Nothing. Nothing. Wow. Okay. Uh, the listeners should know that uh, the, the Carp last name C A R P, and uh, they this family is allegedly from Florida, where I live now. So, if anybody wants to try to look into them, um, what happened to the Sleepy Fox Farm um, after Tim disappeared? Well, they've t- sold it. It's the subdivision now. It's a subdivision, so there are houses on that property now. Right. Okay. There are a bunch of them. Okay. And how long after Tim disappeared did the farm, you know, close up, go out of business? I think it was 1990 when it closed. So not so long, like just three years after his disappearance. I don't, I, I don't even think it was quite three years. <laughs> okay. I want to touch upon something we've already talked about. You talked about. Uh, Stacy, your one son, one year younger than Tim, driving Tim back, and he said he had a gun pulled him. Unfortunately, this was a story after uh, Tim yeah. disappeared. Did Stacy ever tell you who it was that pulled the gun on him? Well, he didn't know. Okay. Did he ever describe the person to you? Could it have been a description that would make it mean that Phil did it or Dave did it or one of the women did it? Anything? 
No, he never did say. He didn't. Okay. I guess he didn't want to bother me with it. All right. But I'm wondering, is Stacy still around today? Is he still alive? Yeah. Okay. But still, he has never given you a description of the, the person that pulled a gun on him on that farm. Oh, no. Okay. Well, maybe you should ask him about that. I would think – I've never had a gun pulled on me in my life, but I think I, if I would, I think I would remember that person's face for the rest of my life if I lived. You know, you know what I mean? That's what I, I guess that's what I'm asking you. Okay. So he had this gun pulled on him, but um, he didn't bring this up until after Tim disappeared, which – you know, I, I'm going to be just honest with you. I don't know what to make of that. I don't even. Okay. So if uh, the listeners are paying very close attention to this, early on we talked about how Tim did not have a driver's license. But you said that the week before he disappeared, he actually had to go to court or something because he got a speeding ticket. I mean, how did that happen? What happened there? Well, I think it was driving that license, speeding and driving that license. I don't know who... Mm-hmm. Whose car was it? I really don't know. Okay. Uh, do you know – I mean I know that you said he was going that Tuesday, which I think it would have been February 3rd. I guess it would be the Tuesday of that week uh, before he disappeared. Uh, do you have any idea when he got the speeding ticket? No, I sure don't. I didn't even know about it. Somebody said he was going to court. Okay. All right, and he did not explain the circumstances under which he got caught? Uh, None. Okay. Uh, You know, once again, I'm only trying to relate my personal relationship with my father who is still alive. I'm thinking that if I was 18 years old and uh, my dad would want to know why I got it, even though I would be considered an adult, if I told him that I got a speeding ticket, I think my dad would ask me, would have asked me, you know, what the hell you were doing, Ed, and why are you driving without a driver's license? You didn't do any of those things? Yeah, I did, but I was just over there. Didn't want to talk. He lived. He lived in time, like at one time. All right. He did, yeah. So he didn't want to talk about it? No, really. Okay. Do you uh, do you know where he got caught speeding? This Pine Lakes is a little small town. Is it? They mm. have one police officer. Okay, is that near Sleepy Fox Farm? No, it's in the Sheriff County. And he never explained what he was doing over there. Uh-huh. How how many miles would you say? How many miles would you say that that county is from Sleepy Fox Farm? It's about the same distance, about 20, 25 miles. 25 miles. Yeah. Do you believe that Tim was in that car because he was doing some work for the farm? It should be. Okay. Okay. And is it a possibility that he was doing this on orders from Phil? I believe so. Okay, and the only reason you found out about it is because he told you about it on the on that Tuesday. Yeah, he told me about the ticket. Yeah. Okay. Have any idea how much the ticket was and or the fine? Did he, anything like that? No, he didn't discuss that. Okay. All right. So he so. Made it for him anyway. Okay, so I, I have to tell you, and I think I've told you this before. It seems that Tim didn't want to tell you a lot, Warren. 
Well, it might have been some stuff he didn't want to tell me. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems, you know, I have to admit that it seems a little strange to me that, you know, he had some issue at the farm in early December, half, you know, kids, but during the whole month of December, he never, you know, really expounds or further elaborates on what exactly happened. It's still very general. He didn't want to talk about it. You didn't talk about it. Then when he goes back to the farm, never explains why he goes back. You never, you know, you know, it's once again, it seems like uh, there just wasn't a lot of communication going on there. And I realize you're working man, working and everything, but uh, these are things that, uh, of course, would be nice to know now. It just doesn't seem that Tim wanted to talk about them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I should tell you what I believe, but you don't want. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna theorize because we don't know. We would know more. We would know more. I think if Tim was more forthcoming about some of these things, if he had said why he was in somebody else's car driving without a license and speeding, I mean that might help us with his disappearance. I'm sure you realize that, you know, especially if Tim was doing something illegal, which we're going to talk about. Okay, so let's talk about Dave Stewart. He's kind of the other um, one of the other adults. And he had a different story. We'll remind the listeners that Phil said that Tim got picked up that previous Friday by a guy, Jeff, who was driving some old Impala. What did Dave say? Dave said he was driving a white pickup truck. Did he ever say anything about a guy named Jeff? No. No? I mean, I got that out of the paper. I didn't, he didn't tell me personally. Oh. I personally didn't ever met Okay, so he didn't tell you that. In fact, you said that you and Dave have never talked. No, I, I don't recollect talking to Dave at all. Okay, so but he made a con- he made a comment. What to the newspaper? To the police? That the police report. Yeah. That Tim left in a white pickup truck. Yeah. Okay. Did Dave? Do you th- so? Dave was one of the other farm hands there. Do you, I, I'm guessing Tim and he worked together. Do you think that they knew each other well? Well, I don't know. They knew, yeah, they, they must have because Dave Stewart said in the paper. He said I don't know much about Tim, but he said he said he well, wouldn't watch TV because they lived in the heart, lost department of away from the okay. farmhouse. They lived in the loft apartment. Dave Stewart and his Sally Phil's daughter. They lived in the upstairs of the apartment above the barn. Uh, okay. He said Tim would come over and watch TV, and he said he would eat you out of house and home. <laughs> so he must have knew him pretty well. Uh, well, that sounds like most teenagers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but he gave the Phil told you one story, and Dave told the newspaper. A totally different story, totally different type yeah. of vehicle, and then never mentioned this guy Jeff's name. Okay. Uh, in the last I, – and I know that you've been working on Tim's case for as long as he's been missing. Have you ever had a chance to try to track down Dave Stewart, and do you believe that he's still alive? I really don't know. I tried to track him down with just my old cell phones all I got. I, mm. I can't get that fine, nothing on Okay. Let's talk about Phil. I think a lot of people are going to be uh, suspicious of him. He told this story about this 1970s Impala that was never tracked down. He says this guy Jeff, that he doesn't know his last name, don't know how we know him, nothing. Um, Doesn't match Dave's story, if we can even believe Dave. Um, 
And we have to remind everybody also that Tim called, uh, or Phil called Tim in SOB, SOB, I'm not going to use those words, uh, back in December when you talked to him on the phone. Yeah. Right? Late uh, November. Right, late November. Thank you. Um, Now we have to remember, Phil's daughter Dawn uh, lived at the farm, and I guess Phil's had some other children there too. Uh, did yeah. Tim ever say anything to you about Tim, uh, Phil's daughter, Dawn? He really never said anything, but every time, every time I took Tim up there, she was always running around in bikinis. But then she was like 14 or something, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but Tim never said anything to you about maybe being attracted to her or anything like that? No, he didn't say nothing. Okay. Do you think... Teenager, I would have been. Okay, right. Well, you never know. Uh, Did, uh, once again, this is one of those things about Tim not, you know, relaying much to other people. Do you know if Tim ever said anything to any of your other kids about having anything going on with Dawn? No, not that I remember. Okay. Okay. Did, at any point, has Phil, and his last name is Klinger, K-L-I-N-G-E-R, and people are going to find out he's not a very good guy. Uh, at any point, did anybody ever ask him to take a lie detector test? Yeah, Tom Merford did, the GBI. All right, what happened? And, and Tom and Merford got mad, but he said he took him to Atlanta. Takes a polygraph test, and Phil had had, had a heart attack, you know, before because he got a scar. He said he wouldn't shouldn't take the polygraph test because that was, that was a heart problem. Hmm. I remember got mad about that. They Phil was an ex detective in Dade County, Florida, and they even know they wouldn't give him a polygraph test. All right, so let's let's say that say that one more time uh, in case the listeners. Are you saying that Phil used to be a police officer? That's what they said. It's detective in Dade County, Florida. Huh. That's what the GBI told me. Okay. I'm sure some people are going to look into that. Okay. And somehow, though, he's in Dade County, Florida, and now he's up here working on this horse farm in Georgia. And we have to remember that the owners of the farm are also from Florida, so I'm wondering if – all of them knew each other, you know. Maybe Phil knew the owners from when he lived in Florida too. That's something that's uh, kind yeah, of jumping. I was thinking the same thing. Okay. So what we're saying is that Phil never took this lie detector test. No, they they wouldn't give it to him because he's on okay. heart medication or something. Okay. Do you know how soon this was after Tim disappeared that they tried to do this? Is I thought about six months. Okay. Okay. What went on? What has gone on with Phil's life? I'm not saying you've been able to keep perfect tabs on him, 100% tab of you know what he's been doing in the last 32 years. But just in general, uh, what has Phil done with himself since Tim disappeared? Since his disappearance, I, I couldn't tell you nothing about it. No. Spoke to him. Um, has he had any problems with the law? Yeah, he did have um, 
I saw that in the newspaper. They had a, well, the school system went and called them out about the kids that was in the school. Dawn and uh, her younger brother. Mm-hmm. And which one I they found weapons, pot, and put paraphernalia. Drugs? Yeah. Drugs, okay. Yeah, they took the kids from them. All right, so Phil had his kids taken from them, okay. $10,000 in cash and two sawed-off shotguns, several rifles, and uh, several pistols. Wow, okay. And I think we do know um, because of – and the listeners should know that this is uh, – I found out about Tim's disappearance from my friend Anthony over at his um, blog, Crime Blogger, 1983.blogspot.com. Of course, he was just on the uh, program just not so long ago for the Lucero Sarabia disappearance, but he has also covered Tim's uh, case uh, in depth, and that's how I found out about Tim's case, and that's how Warren and I are now talking. And uh, uh, Anthony has written a lot about uh, Tim's disappearance over there. But um, and uh, what, the reason I'm saying this is because Anthony uh, has detailed some of the issues that also that Phil has had uh, since 1987, and we know the farm was closed in 1990. And the listeners should also know that after Warren and I are done with this conversation. Uh, I'm going to read you some correspondence that Anthony had recently, very recently, within the last week, with uh, Anthony or with Phil's daughter Dawn, and she sounds like a piece of work. Did you, Warren? You've gotten to read the what Dawn had to say, right? You got to read yeah, that. She sounds, she sounds a little off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Please. It, yeah, well, yes. Uh, just um, – I and once again, the listeners will hear what the correspondence was between Anthony and Don after we are done with this interview. I'm not going to go through it right now, but okay. you, but Warren, you've gotten to see it, right? You've gotten to see yeah, what you – I've seen it. Okay. And you, it sure did. Yeah, and you have that in your possession now, which I think is good. Okay. Yeah. Um, did they ever bring out any dogs to the farm uh, to sniff around to see if – Tim's remains were on the property. I did. I hired some fellow from Kentucky mm-hmm. to come down with his dogs to search the farm. Mm-hmm. And anything? GBI didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Messer went out there with them, but mm-hmm. they wouldn't let me on the farm while they were searching. So I was out there with the, I had a news crew right there with me. Mm-hmm. They, they wouldn't let us on the farm. Okay. So the dogs weren't allowed to go on the farm? Well, the dogs did, but they wouldn't let me. Oh, they wouldn't let you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what uh, What year was this? When was this? It was – if I had to uh, – I'd say – I'd say – it's hard to think. It's unusual. I'd say right after I – uh, about what time met. So what? What month? What? Just give us an approximate month and year that you the dogs went out there. Uh, I'd say nineteen 
94 or something like that. Okay. So this would have been after the farm was already closed. Oh, no, the farm was still open, so it could have been there. Okay. I feel like 89. Okay. So what you're saying is it wasn't very soon after Tim disappeared. Yeah. Okay. So Tim was in the mission children to help send from Florida, too. I know, I know you've heard of that. Mm-hmm. They've closed since then, but he was in their magazines. Right. And that's where I got the fellow from Florida. His He had a thing in there about his dog finding a 25-year-old baby after uh, baby after 25 years. Mm-hmm. They found the remains of a baby. Okay. Did the... Yeah. Did those dogs find anything? No. No. Okay. They said they said the ground was so bad though they couldn't do a lot. Well, I guess it's all the horse manure and everything else. And mm-hmm. It's one place kind of swampy. When you had finally did get the dogs on the property, was Phil? Were all the same people working there? Yeah, they were there. They were there. I don't know whether they were there that day or not, but they were there. <laughs> okay, so they were still there. And you've already stated that at some point after the farm went out of business, or maybe they just closed down, we don't know if it went out of business, but um, that eventually that became a subdivision. So some but some big company bought it and sold the yep. plots of land, and people live on there now. Pulte Homes wasn't built on, on the property. Oh, Pulte Homes, Okay. I mean, I went up there after they drained the lake. And that, while I was grading out the houses, I went up there. And I went up there and walked through the lake after they drained it. Mm. And uh, still didn't, didn't find anything. But. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you do have a, you do have a belief. Um, let's, we'll talk about this very quickly. You do have a belief... Um, about what was going on on the farm because of somebody telling you something. What did this person tell you as to what was going on in the farm? Well, she told me she told me they were drugs up there, lots of them. Mm-hmm. She said she she boarded a horse up there and she was up at uh, Dave Stewart and Sally's apartment. And there's bags and bags of clothes up there. She said, you never wash clothes. She said she took the clothes off the top and said, oh, this is pot. Hmm. When did this, uh, what is this woman's name, if you can say it? It's Eva Khan. Eva, how do you spell her last name, if you could? C-A-N-N, I believe. C- Con. C-O-U-N. C-O-U-N, Con. All right, uh, Eva Con. okay. Oh, C-O-N-N. Yeah, there's a couple, probably a couple different variations, but uh, that'll be good. So Eva Con, she she had a horse up there, and she happened upon Dave and his wife having a lot of weed, marijuana, in their place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she told us to smell the police that, too, but, you know, Snell didn't have no jurisdiction up there anyway. Mm-hmm. When did she tell you this? When I went over to her house, I've been a newspaper reporter. Okay. And, but he wanted to take her pictures and put it in the paper. She said, no, because Phil knows me, and he knows where I live, and he'll, he'll come and kill me. And she said, he'll do it, too. Okay. When I ask you when, I what I mean is what year and month did she finally tell you about this, that what she saw? 
Well, let, let, let's just uh, do it this way. Was it very was was it very quickly soon after Tim disappeared, or was it like in 1995? No, it was soon after this. Soon after, okay. And did you tell this to the police? Did they ever go over there try to find out if there were was it uh, a grow house? On that property, I don't know if it's a grow house. I think they dropped it in, in bales. Dropped it in bales. So somebody was like flying over with a plane and dropping it on the property. Yeah, helicopter. My niece lived over there behind the farm, and she said they had helicopters somewhere over there dropping stuff out. That's interesting. Okay, um, and we do have to remember that Tim was in somebody's car. Driving illegally, speeding illegally, um, and this is what I mentioned before, very possible. I'm going to ask you if Tim was involved in something illegal, and he would surely know that growing marijuana uh, in Georgia at that time was illegal. I think it's still illegal now. Do you think that's something he would tell you or would tell one of his brothers? Um, uh, this is after the fact. My son said he came by here by the house here on a motorcycle and had pot in it, you know, in the saddlebags on the motorcycle. Uh-huh. And it, that, that might have been what he was driving. And even his grandmother said he came down there on the motorcycle. Okay. That's, that's about, I'd say, five, six miles down the road to my house. All right, so it very well may be that Tim started working there and found out that this was a horse farm, but more likely it was a marijuana drop place, and that's what he was involved in. And the yeah. the, the horse farm was just a front. It was just a front. Yeah. Okay. They said they're trying to sell the pot, and they said that they won't say nothing. They said they got so much pot up there, they won't miss it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where is that woman talk? So okay. It wouldn't. Well, I guess they would. They probably didn't know every ounce of it. I don't really know. Okay. Well, that sounds plausible. I would have liked, you know, I would certainly like it more. I'm not saying that this woman's lying or anything, but, it, you know, once again, it just doesn't seem that Tim was saying much, and maybe that's why he wasn't saying much, because yeah. he knew he was something that was involved in something that was illegal. Very possible. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay. Um, any, um, now we should notice, uh, note, that just within the last... I don't know, 24 hours, and we're doing this interview on October 20, let's see here, October 29th, 2019, just within the last 24 hours, you've had, so please do not say the person's name, but you did You did have somebody who contacted you about Tim's disappearance. Yes, I did. Okay. And, okay, and you've had an opportunity to call this person? Yes, I did. Okay, we're, and we're not going to get into what the person said. Okay, we're not going to do that because that's, okay. that's how rumors get uh, started. But this would be a person – let me just speak for you, Warren. This is, might be a person who is in a position to know maybe some things. It's not Phil. It's not Dave. It's somebody else who uh, that once again has an opportunity to maybe know something. We'll just have to see. But you've gotten to talk to this person. Yes, I did. Okay, how long – do not use the person's name. How long would you say you talked to this person? That's Fifteen minutes. Okay. 
In your opinion, does this uh, person sound believable? In your opinion? My opinion, they did. Okay. And did you pass this information along to GBI? Yes, I did. And he said he did. Okay. All right. So um, we'll have to see what comes of that. Um, we'll just have to see. All right. Uh, of course, as uh, Warren, and, and Warren knows this already, I, I'm fairly dubious when people come forward after 30 some years, you know, saying that they've known something. I, I, I can't help but be dubious and doubtful. But let's, you know, maybe this will take us in a very positive direction. Okay. All right, and I'm hoping that uh, the coverage by Anthony and then the coverage, of course, by this program Unfound certainly helps you, you know, you know, well, get some answers. Yeah, of course. What's this been like for you, Warren? 32 years, you know, um, it's coming up on 33 years uh, for you, you know, and um, Tim's stepmother, you know. It's just been... It's just not knowing, uh, you know, like part of you is known. Just, just not knowing, you know, feeling the helplessness. Yeah, helpless, feeling helpless. Yeah, yeah helpless. And just like part of you, you, you're being gone, you know, you don't. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. How have your other kids uh, handled this disappearance? How did they react to it back in 1987, and how do they feel about it now? Uh, uh, four. Well, he was five years old at the time. Mm-hmm. He's my, he's Tim's half brother. Yeah. He's my, my wife now, now, and he. Tim loved him. I mean, he loved all of them, but he, he always tried to picture him around because he's proud of him. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, if I get lost, will I find him? Right. He said, he's grabbing my wife by the arms, and I hear Tim screaming for help. Wow. But, uh, hmm. Do you have a um, Facebook page or anything set up for Tim? Yeah, I've got him on several different uh, sites. Okay. Well, I know he's on the Charlie Project site. I know he's on NamUs, but do you have like a Facebook page? I know you're on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I'm on the, all of them, really. Okay. All right. Yeah, I know of. Okay. Good. Well, I, I Warren, I know you're not a young man. Okay, so it's good. There aren't too many... Uh, older people, you know, on social media. So I'm glad to hear that you, you know, you are out there. Um, and I, I'm going to say, no offense to you, but I, I'm going to guess you're probably the oldest guest I've had on the program. And I'm thrilled to have you here. I hope we can, I, I, I hope we can help, you know, for sure. Yeah, and I'm old enough to be here. Uh-huh, yeah. If I may ask, how old are you, Warren? How old are you? I'm not but 75. 75, okay. I told my wife I can live about 150. I, I believe I will. Okay, I hope I hope you will too. My dad is eighty-two, so I I know what it's like to talk to men of your generation. So okay, my dad, yeah, my dad's eighty-two. All right, all right. Well, um, any last words before we complete this interview, Warren? Yeah, we we just thanks for that, Tim. Everything we just want answers. You know how it is. 
You you'd be the same way. I would be, of course, of course, right. Well, I can assure you that. Um, please. I appreciate all you've done, all that. Well, I think I can speak for Anthony um, that you know we're going to be here for you. You know, as long as this case is unsolved, we're going to be here trying to figure out, you know, what we can do to help. Obviously, we've both given you a lot of advice in the last few weeks regarding, you know, a bunch of different things. Yeah. And, um, you know, so anything that ever pops up, you know, we're here to help. You know, we'll always give you good advice. Okay, I'm. that's what I need. Okay. I'm waiting on the... I'm waiting on the police coming back now to, to Science County. I hope they do. And the GBI, but they had... But I, mm-hmm. I appreciate all you doing, all Anthony done. He, he done an amazing job. Okay, yeah, he does. He does nice work. That's true. Uh, Warren, uh, it's been a pleasure to get to know you. Uh, I tell all of my guests this is just the beginning of us knowing each other. You know, we're going to probably be con- you know conversing at least once in a while for the foreseeable okay. future. You know, and uh, offering you help. You know, when you need it, you need anything. And I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you having me. And God bless you. Thank you. And you're welcome. And that was my interview with Warren Guy, father of Timothy Guy. I thank him for joining me and all of you on this episode. I also want to thank Anthony at crimeblogger1983.blogspot.com for letting me know about this disappearance. Warren also wanted me to send a shout-out to Alana Keegan and Dina Maddox-Rush. He tells me they've written some good articles about Tim's disappearance. Allow me to now read the messages Phil's daughter Dawn sent Anthony recently when he inquired about Tim's disappearance. Dawn in a message wrote, If he went missing, meaning Tim, he deserved it. This is how we work, she wrote. Cool, just one case this time, oh well, they can't touch me. That's one of the things that Dawn wrote. This, once again, is Phil Klinger's daughter. And this is a message that she sent to Anthony just within the last month. And I have more. In the next part of the conversation, she tells Anthony, Tell your friend that is doing this cold cases, give it up. Effing with Italians isn't smart. But, of course, she wrote out the entire word effing. Like I said, he is looking at only one cold cases... Will my family, nobody can touch me, and my dad is dead. You all have fun. Once again, this is from Dawn, Phil's daughter. Next, she wrote, The FBI, CIA, DEA, GBI have been looking into cases for a very long time. They will never find nothing. Trust me, we are Italians. Our bloodline goes way back. And as for Tim, oh well. Now I'll read kind of an exchange between Don and Anthony. Don starts, no, you didn't. I just think it's funny as hell. Anthony says, okay, so he deserved it, meaning Tim. Some people do. I understand that. Believe me. Can you tell me why? Was Tim a killer himself or something? Don responds, have a good day. Anthony says, you as well, ma'am. I apologize. Thank you for taking the time. She responds, you are so welcome. Sorry I didn't tell you what you wanted. I'm not that stupid. I know most of you, if not all of you, are going to be very suspicious of those responses. 
I got to tell you, I'm not sure what to make of them. Yes, they look very bad. In fact, they look so bad, I can't help but wonder if she wasn't just playing around with Anthony. And that's no offense against him, because you know I hold Anthony in very high regard. But did Dawn think Anthony really was a troll? So she decided to play it way over the top. Or maybe Dawn has mental issues and Anthony caught her on a bad day. I just can't totally believe that Dawn would try to act that blatantly, virtually implicating herself and everyone on the farm in Tim's disappearance. And actually mean it. But, maybe. I'm going to leave all of you to think about that as I move on to some of the topics we covered in the interview. There's so much to dissect in this case, but it's not easy to do since Tim himself seemed to keep a lot to himself. He hardly told his family why he didn't want to go back to Sleepy Fox Farm for December. Then he turned around and never stated why he chose to go back. The only statement Tim made to anyone about his time at the farm was his comment that Phil's kids would get in trouble and Phil would take it out on Tim a piece of information that cannot be verified by anyone. And Tim certainly could have been lying. And even if we take it as the truth, that doesn't explain why Tim then went back to work on the farm in January. We can also look at this from the exact opposite angle. Phil called Tim an SOB in November 1986, with no explanation as to why he said that. So if that's the way Phil felt about Tim, why did he take Tim back in January 1987? I don't get it. I also have this question about Phil. Why did he bother to call Warren on Monday to let him know that Tim didn't show up for work? What I mean by that is this. The reason Warren didn't go pick up Tim that previous Friday was because Tim told his father he was going to a horse show for the weekend, presumably with Phil and the rest of the people on the farm. Yet by Phil calling Warren on Monday... It's fairly clear Phil was implying there was no show that past weekend, or at least that Tim wasn't supposed to go with them to the show. I know, I know, many of you think Phil is the best suspect in this case, so there's no reason to believe anything he says. However, if Phil is the perpetrator of this disappearance, why did he come up with such a flimsy story regarding Jeff and the Impala? Remember, he had three days to think of a cover story. And that's the best he could do. Why didn't Phil tell Warren, well, we went to this horse show and lost track of Tim and couldn't find him. And we kind of thought you might have picked him up. That would have been a more plausible story. Unless there wasn't a horse show down on the farm at all that weekend. Now that's an interesting thought. I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to Unfound.